Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy. Yes, Korean John Cusack here. You are listening to another brand new episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. We're going to get into it a little bit differently today. We're going to go freestyle on that ass, right? I just got a couple notes written down. We're doing this a little different. I apologize about yesterday. Definitely fucked up. Um, the RV trip had me all fucked up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 192 of the world famous Behind the Baller podcast show. We are eight episodes away from episode 200. As you know, in episode 200, we have a very special guest to celebrate the milestone. And uh, yeah, man, so we're here. And, uh, you know, I was going to record this yesterday. Couldn't was, you know, it's not like you just get in the RV and just start fucking, you know, flying back. That's part of being off the grid is, is what's nice. And so uh, Miles was so kind to assist me on this one. Because, you know, we got kind of tight schedules. You know, we, the um, Dust Brothers, they produce a lot of uh, shows right now. They got Rex Chapman's show. They got fucking, uh, obviously, Mike Rapport's show. They got a few other shows. I can't even keep up. But BTB, obviously, you know, we have a real army now here. I'm starting to get the bills for the server, and uh, we got some motherfucking listeners. Listenership is at an all-time high. Very excited about that, especially going into episode 200. So let's get right into the motherfucking show, guys. Uh, yeah, BTB, award-winning, all that good shit. Yes, sir. Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Let's fucking go. Yeah, man, like I said, we're just doing things a little differently today. I'm uh, I'm fucking out of it. I went to bed at 9.30 last night. Didn't shower, brush my teeth, not nothing. Fell asleep in the man cave watching the fucking NBA finals. Passed out and woke up at fucking 5.30 in the morning. I must have been fucking exhausted, right? Sleeping on an RV bed. Um, It's all right. You know, it's cool. Some of you younger folks out there, I just assume that there's nobody really my age that listens to this show. But I do know that there are people who are older than me that listen to the show for a fact that I know. But I'm talking about my general main audience. So if you have an RV, I suggest you get a pillow topper, right? You can get one on Amazon. You can get like green tea. Like um, they say green tea, but they're like, you know what you call it? Uh, memory foam. And uh, they help your sleep tremendously. Okay, especially if you are going to be sleeping for more than fucking one night. So, you know, three nights on an RV bed, my shit's a little fucked up. But it's been about a month since we've been in the RV. And, and uh, I love it and everything. I'm just saying, if you don't have some sort of pill top or something, you just be outro. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. I actually get six, seven, or eight hours of sleep. It's just the type of sleep. It's just my body hurts after, you know, whatever. I don't know because I'm fucking big or I don't know. But... By the way, I'm down 15 pounds. The crazy part is it has been about a month and I have two weeks left and I'm not going to hit my goal. That's for goddamn sure. But I did get rid of the belly gut and some other shit. So anyways, more about that in a little bit. So listen, there's a shortage of RVs in the country. And um, there's an article that was just uh, posted in Newsweek and Business Insider and all these other you know, sites that basically the CEO of Thor Motor Coach, and Thor is what I have. I have a Thor Delano, right? Uh, 24FB, that's the model number I have. 
And his CEO just went on the, on the record and said that they are $14 billion in back orders. There is over a year before you could get a fucking Thor fucking uh, RV. That's how backed up they are. And it's fucking crazy because I guess, you know, everything's open back up again. Yo, as of right now, there's no mask mandate in California. I don't know where you guys are in the world, but I mean, you know, we're, we're good. You know what I'm saying? I just got a fucking uh, letter from the landlord of my building where my office is for in downtown LA for my jewelry store. I'm sorry, my jewelry showroom. And they're like, masks are optional. You know, we're not tripping no more and anything else. And it's, it's a big fucking deal. So anyways, with that being said, everything's opening back up. And uh, actually, I had a very big surprise. Something just opened back up in San Francisco, my favorite spot. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, with that said, people should be wanting to just be, you know, in the restaurants and stores or anything, right? But then some people, I guess, are just like, fuck this. We don't want to have to worry about that shit. And they just want to go off the grid. They just want to, you know, live in the RV maybe. You know, who fucking knows? There's a new law in LA County that they can't tow an RV anymore if it is a dwelling. So if you're parked on the side of the road in a fucking motor coach, you know, they can't tow it and they can't do anything about it because, you know, they can't kick you out of your place. I don't know if they can evict you from the street, whatever, but I've been seeing like more broken down motor homes on the side of the street and stuff, but I don't know. It's kind of good to know. Anyways, with that, with that said, I have, after, I think this was maybe my 23rd trip in the RV, I have not become a master, but I have become very, very, very professional in this motherfucker now. I get it. Rolling on the road, it's something different. If I get in my Escalade, if I get in a Charger, if I get in a Porsche, if I get in my Senna especially, or any fucking car that I have, after about 15, 20 minutes, I'm ready to be like, man, fuck, can we just get to where I'm fucking getting to? And I love driving. When I'm in the RV, I could be two hours in, not tripping at all. Four hours, be like, okay, you know, we're good. Something about the seats in my RV, something about the fucking fact that I could pull over, watch TV, sleep, take a shit, eat, do whatever the fuck I want to do. It is a just an amazing sense of security and just, I'm just chill vibes the whole time. So we didn't go very far, you know, uh, up the coast near China Islands and uh, just, you know, so we could have ocean view. I just wanted to hear waves crashing. Kids wanted to go to the beach. So, you know, another thing too is I've talked about this is London is addicted to the ocean. He is addicted to anything and all things water. He has been since he was a little kid and everything. You know, he had a little rough week a couple weeks ago with uh, the hospital situation and other stuff. And he got sick again. So it was like, yo, let's just get out. We decided to uh, adopt his best friend for two days and uh, took his best friend with us. And so uh, I have four kids, my mother-in-law and my wife. Now, there is a weight limit of uh, 800 pounds in there. And we broke that. But if you do it a certain way, you should be okay. And so we're loaded. Everything's ready to go. I got a fucking, I got the fucking um, propane refilled. You know, I had the fresh water tank fill. Everything ready to go. Fucking RV. And so we head up the coast, get to the beach. I think we left at around 9 a.m. Get to the beach at around 11:20, and we able you know find parking right on right on the beach, right there immediately. And we just get out and we just hang out, just chill. And uh, the sun was out beaming. Water was fucking freezing cold. I didn't get into the water. The kids did. And I just had a great time. We did this two days in a row. 
you know, we get out, get to barbecue, get to, you know, eat. Kids basically have their own basic food that my wife makes and stuff. But, you know, um, and I forgot my Bambala grill. So that kind of bummed me out. But, you know, we have two grills, so we're not really worried about that, right? So we had some pork chops, had some burgers, and, and you know, had a good time. My father-in-law came and met up with us uh, the later on the next day. And, uh, you know, he came out with his RV that uh, I had helped get. And, you know, we're just chill vibes, man. Just kicking it. Really just walking around. Um, there is kind of a campground. Not really a camp, but, you know, it's a beautiful setting. And, you know, we're just sitting there chilling, drinking Happy Dad. By the way, shout out to my boy, Stevie Will Do It. Shout out to my boy, John Shahidi and Sh- Sam Shahidi. And all the Nelk boys and everything from Full Send. They sent us so much fucking Happy Dad that we're just chilling. And by the way, I'm making Stevie Will Do It. I'm making him a Bitcoin chain right now, a custom chain. A little bigger than usual, some some bigger boogers, you know what I'm saying? Big rocks. But yeah, man, RV trip was real relaxing, very therapeutical. As I'm going on this trip, I realize it's Sunday. And I'm like, holy shit. Because it fucked me up because of, uh, you know, the days just fucked me up. I just wasn't keeping track. And I was like, fuck, I didn't bring my fucking podcast equipment. Now, I have voice notes, right, on the iPhone, but you're not going to do that. That would fucking drive Miles crazy. In fact, I might try to do maybe a 15, 20-minute episode on the iPhone, just do voice notes and see how that works. I don't know how the fuck I'd upload it, but I'm going to try. So anyways, that's how I did that little intro yesterday for two minutes just to give you guys the, the apology. But yeah, I figured it out. And you know what? Accidents happen. Uh, you do realize out of 192 episodes, I have missed maybe two, and not two because of it, two through family emergencies, through sickness, through other stuff. So it's like, come on, I'm still batting, you know, 98% or whatever the fuck it is. So anyways, apologize about that, guys. And yeah, so, um, we're, you know, we're here and we're doing the damn thing. So we got fan questions today. Apple's new formatting. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I couldn't even check the charts Yesterday, the formatting is kind of fucked up. So I basically picked out the top seven questions because like three of them, it's like, come on, bro. Are you guys listening to this show? I mean, and again, no offense. I've said a lot of these questions. I've answered a lot of these questions on the show. So I was like, wait a second, man. You know, I couldn't see him. And actually, to tell you the truth, Mr. Jordan Winter, he's the one who grabs the questions for me. Um, Cookie San Diego this weekend. Guys, do not forget this Saturday 619, June 19th, 619 day, Cookie San Diego in Mission Valley from 2 to 4 p.m. I'll be signing autographs. I'll be taking pictures. I'll be fucking doing anything that I could be doing at Cookies, dropping my strain. Yes, the cat dick. Yes, Jonas B. In honor of my boy, Jonas Pavacqua. Um, Make sure you come check it out. It is my Southern California debut for my weed release and my strain and it is gas period there is not one single person be like oh no this shit's okay it is the real fucking deal we are saving k-town og for my la release which we don't have an exact date yet but we do have cookies hate street which is a uh, burner's hate street which will be uh july 16th let me see hold on real quick guys now that i'm doing this in real time with no notes it's kind of nice, but it's kind of different, right? So let's see. Um, July July 16th. July 16th, Cookies, Burners Hate Street, okay? And then we are looking at probably 
uh, July 7th, which would be a Wednesday, right? Yeah, July 7th for Cookie Sacramento. But don't forget this weekend, guys, make sure you pull up to Dago, all my south, south, deep south, Southern California uh, people in San Diego in the 619, the 858. Make sure you pull up two cookies. We will be there from 2 to 4 p.m. All right, y'all. So this weekend was a funny little bit of entertainment for me. Um, Friday night, uh, Lamar Odom fought Aaron Carter. And then, uh, what the fuck's his name again? Peter Guns from um, the group Peter Guns and Tariq. They had a really big hit song called Uptown. And after that, he ain't really have too much. And the funny thing about Peter Guns is Peter Guns has always been a dick, right? He's always been a fucking asshole. And what's crazy about Peter Guns is I don't know how the fuck he survived this long, but now he has, you know, an income. He had Love and Hip Hop. He's the host of the new, you know, the show Cheaters, not the new show. He's the new host of Cheaters, which I love that show for the fucking longest time. And, um, I mean, he had one hit that was, it was big, but at the same time, it was like, you know, this is like 98, you know, it, it just was, it was a long fucking time ago, you know, so it was just crazy that, you know, and, uh, he has a son named Corey Guns that had a song that was with, um, Lil Wayne, that was a big song, but just weird. So anyways, Peter Guns was on the bill fighting this dude, Cisco. I don't know who the fuck the dude is. I think he was from Love and Hip Hop. But it's just funny. I met Peter Guns through Shaquille O'Neal. And Peter Guns was signed to Twism. Twism was Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq's record label. Twism stands for The World Is Mine. And that was his company, right? And um, Shaq had all kinds. I forget how fucking far back me and Shaq go. But Shaq had a record label. He had a real deal through Interscope. And uh, Peter Guns was signed to him for a little bit. And then... You know, he was always a dick. I don't know what the fuck the deal was. I don't know if it was he's from the Bronx. He's just a weird dude. And then he, you know, he was a skinny, just whatever. And and then dude just grew up and became like a, I don't know what the fuck up was up, dude. But he always, always fought. He fought a lot. Dude fought a lot. And he fought, I don't know if he won or anything. That fight was terrible. Um, but the main event was Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. I watched the fight and I said, this is how a fight should have happened. All right. Lamar Odom whooped the motherfucking dog shit out of that white boy, Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter got his ass whooped, like, beyond, above. It was it was bad, okay? It was fucking hilarious, actually. That, I felt like I didn't get my money's worth, okay? Friday night, it was just, eh, it was whatever, and people talk shit about it. That reminded me of what the past celebrity boxing matches have been or anything. But now, Saturday night, my boy Austin McBroom, okay, he held, produced, and created a TikTok versus YouTube boxing match, right? And there was all types of people on the fuck undercard and on the main events and everything. His brother Landon McBroom fought. Uh, his his brother in law fought. In fact, the entire Ace family, uh, they all won. As far as the, the not not directly, but everyone in Austin McBroom's family won which was pretty cool. Landon, you know, good dude, you know, he beat cancer, he whooped his dude's ass. They're fighting with these weird wrestling headgear things. It was just weird. It wasn't going to do shit. But the crazy part about the entire night was I watched it, and let me tell you something. I paid 50 bucks for it. It was a 59. I was completely satisfied with my purchase. There was no issues at all whatsoever. 
I. Some people are like, oh man, fuck this, blah, blah, whatever. I've had some celebrity homies who are like, man, oh, there's a celebrity match. Oh, great, who gives a fuck? Now, they wouldn't understand who most of these people were because I didn't even fucking know who Austin McBroom was. And I still don't, I've never watched one YouTube video, don't care and whatever. But one of my boys, Jay Bell, he's, you know, one of the main guys in PML, in uh, Platinum Motorsport. And, uh, you know, he kind of does the day-to-day and runs Platinum Motorsport on Melrose. He's really close to Austin. They're like real tight. In fact, he walked out into the ring with them. And Jay Bell is like one of my boys. He's a good dude. So he kind of introduced me to Austin and everything. And, and um, you know, I rock with these dudes. They actually wanted me to, to hook them up with some jewelry so they could rock out to the ship. But it was like, man, bro, like this ain't really my thing. So going on and going forward, the best event of the entire night was my little dude, Faze Jarvis. Okay. Faze Jarvis is a member of Faze Clan. He is a very big member of Faze Clan. For those of you who don't know, I have been an honorary member of Faze Clan officially. No cap. I am part of Faze Clan. I've been in Faze Clan since 2017. So I've been a member for a little while. You know what I'm saying? A little bit before the hype. You know, gamer hypes, you know, they knew about Faze before that, obviously. But now, like, as far as, you know, the uh, general public, Faze has gotten real big. So he was the only dude from Faze Clan that was in this fight. He was fighting against a TikToker named Michael Lee. Stu Michael Lee is, might be Vietnamese, maybe Chinese, I'm not sure, you know, but uh, it's crazy. He's an Asian dude. He, he looked like he was built, you know, pretty decent. Didn't look like he was a scrawny motherfucker. He, you know, he had, he had a little size to me, had a little husky chest, you know what I'm saying? Pause. And um, it's funny, I go to his page. He has 49 million TikTok followers. So this dude, you know, he eats well off of TikTok, okay? He posted his mom uh, recently for Mother's Day, and his mom is kind of cute. His mom is cool. I'll be honest with you. How about this? I think his mom might be my age or younger, and she looked cool. You know what I'm saying? So I just tell you, I think she is younger. So I don't know how old this dude is. Might be 18, might be 19. I think he had to be 18 to fight, and um, he's fighting against my dude, Faze Jarvis. Now, I don't see Faze do too much talking, do too much extra shit. You know, he's just, he's just out there. He got cut up. He trained for real. And Faze Jarvis stepped up and knocked Michael Lee's bitch ass out. All right. Now, the crazy part about Faze Jarvis is that he had the only actual KO for the entire night. There was a few TKOs. And there were some fights that were, there were like maybe two or th- I, Most of them were all right. I was watching them. I was like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. Some of these dudes actually moved a lot better than I thought. I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real with you. Right, you guys are talking shit about Landon. Um, not the Landon. What the fuck's the dude's name? Logan Paul. But man, I told you, like Logan Paul, he 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 fought decent. Like you got to understand whether you think Floyd was. I'm just saying he. You know, of course he's a lot heavier. His movement was very decent. Okay. Now with that being said, Faye Jarvis had the only KO, the actual knockout. He knocked Michael Lee the fuck out. That motherfucker got hit in the head, fell down, was like, yo, can I get some egg foo young, some motherfucking orange chicken? He was out. You know what I'm saying? And it was, I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, how do you take that kind of L and then come back from online bullying? Because there's bullying all over the motherfucking place. I went to his page and see the comments. It was crazy. But again, shout out to my clan, shout out to my crew, shout out to my little dude, Faze Jarvis. Now the main event, Austin McBroom. He was fighting this dude, um, Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall has 
a shit ton of followers on TikTok too. I'm not really sure. Probably 50, 60, 70 million. I don't know. But they're going at it. And Bryce Hall said he's like the Logan Paul or, or the Jake Paul of fucking boxing. And he's always getting in trouble. Said he's been in 13 street fights. Okay. Now, this is my thing. He looked like one of them crazy ass white boys from Florida. You know, that began his boxing in here and there. Austin McBroom is from um, Canyon Country, right? From Santa Clarita or uh, what the fuck's that place called, man? I was about to say Lancashire. What the fuck is the fucking area? Lancaster. No, not Lancaster. Anyways, he's from that 661 area called by Magic Mountain, and that's where he grew up. Um, he's from the same neighborhood as Paul George, okay? Austin is a nice dude. He's a family man. You know, he's not, he didn't look like he was cut up in the best shape or anything, but, uh, you know, he looked like he, you know, when, as soon as they started going, I said, okay, he got some hands. So I'm watching these dudes box, and Austin starts really showing me something. Finally whoops dude's ass, gets the TKO, and, uh, you know, it was crazy because Austin did his thing. I believed it was real. I, I would know. I was looking at shit from behind the scenes and everything right here, and I'm talking about it and stuff, and I was just hoping he didn't get his ass whooped. I was really, really hoping, right? And um, Adam22 from uh, No Jumper, Adam22 was talking shit. He's like, man, this dude's so corny. He ain't got no swag, blah, blah. I don't know what the fuck deal was. I don't know where the beef is. But we were tweeting back to back. I wasn't paying attention until after someone showed us that we were, we were literally saying total opposite things. Austin won, period, point blank. Now, the crazy part about Austin is he had a side bet with Bryce Hall for a million dollars. So now Bryce got to give him a million dollars cash because he beat him and whooped his ass and outright, period. That's what it is. But the crazy thing is Austin produced this event. So depending on the pay-per-view, I think Austin made over $10 million from this event. So say what you want to. Look, this could be the future. That's an embarrassing thing to say. Um, but... You know, I do want to see my boy Devin Haney fight in person. I want to see Javon to fight again because Tank is someone I want to see a fight. And I want to see this dude Ryan Garcia fight, even though there's some things about Ryan that I don't really rock with. But anyways, listen, guys, that's the first part of the show. Let's get into these fan questions real quick. And uh, yo, Miles. Yes, sir. Cue up some of that Lakey Lake right That's Yes. That's exactly the fucking song I wanted you to cue up, man. But yeah. So, guys, we'll be right back with fan questions but real quick, we're going to get into a commercial from Bambi, one of our sponsors for this episode. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and more. And HR manager salaries are not cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all for just $99 a month. 
month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help you get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash baller right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash baller. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash baller. Yo, yo, what's up, guys? We're back. So I don't know what's going on with Apple right now. There's some, some weird formatting. And I've been getting some comments lately from people that fan questions are um, a little unfair. Not unfair. They, they're just having a hard time because some people listen to Spotify. Some of you who are listening to this show right now, maybe listening to it on Stitcher. Maybe you're listening to anything else. Not everyone listens to it on Apple. And I understand that. So we may begin to change the formatting where you email us directly at uh, Behind the Baller Pod. Um, at gmail.com. We will figure that out, but I did pick the best questions for right now. So this is the part of the show where I answer questions once a month. I've been doing it like every six weeks, every five to six weeks, and we just answer questions for the fans. You know, you guys could ask the Korean John Cusack something, and I will answer it legit here on the show. So we might probably change the format. It's just nice to get the reviews, right? Get the five-star reviews. So anyways, here we go, guys. All right, uh, Mr. Pedro R. writes, Uncle Ben, thank you for all the knowledge. Part of the Doge gang still holding strong. Did you watch The Boy from Medellin? If so, what did you think of it? Also, of course, you and your wife and your kids are invited to my wedding in Cabo. It will be November 5th, so let me know where to send to save the date. Also, I was lucky enough to get a Mookie Betts art rainbow foil, 20 of 70. Would you be interested in signing it to me as a wedding gift? Pedro, I appreciate the invite. I think if I'm sh- if I'm not too sure, you know, I, th- I think I'm clear that weekend. You know what? It'd be fucking something different. So, you know, I am going to hit you. Uh, I got to double check to make sure there's not a Seahawks game that week that I'm going to. And uh, I really appreciate it. You're inviting me to a wedding. That's pretty dope, man. And as far as the Mookie Betts art rainbow card, uh, 20 and 70 foil, I will definitely sign it. Email benballerdidthecard at gmail.com screenshot your question that you left with Mr. Pedro R on the Apple thing and email Benball. I did the card at gmail.com and my assistant Sean will get that to me. So he'll tell you where to send it and everything and all that. As far as the boy from Eddie Ian, I have not watched it. Um, I apologize to my boy, Jay Balvin. He has been so kind. He has sent me the boy to Betty Ian. He sent me a gift box from Amazon on it. Sent me some dope ass clothes and, and merch from the movie. Um, What's funny is an ex-employee of mine is on the show, which is fucking mind-boggling, right? Like, I don't know. And I think what's funny is Balvin thought that she and he still work for me. And it was a discrepancy. It was fucking weird. And I was like, yo, bro, come on, dog. Like, let's get serious, man. You know, but I haven't watched it. I will definitely check it out uh, as soon as I can. Shout out to my boy, Jay Balvin. Shout out to Pedro R. Uh, Sparky Gino 617 writes, I assume he's from Boston 617. What is one thing you want us to know about you that we don't know already? Think about it. Van, you're a legend. I'm headed to LA in a few months. Would love to meet up with you. If you could meet up with a fellow BTB army member and grab lunch. One thing about me that we don't know already. Think about it. 
shit. Um, I like getting my dick sucked. No, I'm playing. Um, that I am serious, but uh, let me think. Fuck, you know what, guys, man? I really don't keep a lot from you guys. You know, Gino, if you've been listening since episode one, I've really told you guys quite a bit about my life. More than I've ever exposed on any social media, more than I've ever exposed in any interview, I've never gone this deep before. You know, I think that people don't understand the come up, don't understand that I didn't come from a rich family. Um, It's one thing to say it here and there. It's another thing for me to describe the pain and the upbringing of that hardcore, like vicious, old school Korean household upbringing that, that I had, you know? So I think with the last episode, me breaking down about me getting my ass whooped, you know, as heavy as I did, I think that was like a big part of um, something you guys wouldn't have known, you know? And I'm talking about me getting my ass whooped, like for real, for real, like just completely helpless. And at this point now, it's like, I have, Except the fact that my dad was a strong man, you know, in many ways. And now it's just kind of like, it's just fucked up the relationship. So I want you guys to know uh, what you guys do know, that I'm a father first, husband first, before any titles. And that I love fatherhood more than anything else. And I want you to overstand that. But uh, I want you to understand where it came from. Because it was completely opposite than the way, you know, that I'm bringing up my kids. All right. Uh, Jody Joe, <laughs> what a fucking name, you know, I love baby boy. Jody Joe writes Bear Brick. Yo, Ben, just a quick question. I was on the network app when you were uh, on live the day of the truck release and I won the Bear Brick. What's up, my Bear Brick? Uh, LOL, hope all is well, blessing my G. If you won that Bear Brick on the network app, then you should be getting it or you should have got it very soon because um, I submitted the screenshot and they saw the screenshot of the person who won the 1000% Bear Brick. And um, when I give away the bear bricks, you have to understand, this is a fucking big box. You know, it is over, the box is like three and a half, almost four feet tall. It is a big, big item. This is not, when people see 1,000% bear bricks in person, they don't realize how fucking big the boxes are. So yeah, um, I will follow up my boy Aaron, who's the president. I'm sure he will follow up with someone else. But definitely, if you won on the network app when I was doing the trust sauce, definitely 100%, you should have got the bear brick by now. J21 writes BBDTC. What's up, Ben? Huge fan over the last couple months. I've gone really hungry to invest and have some money in different places. I've gone to stocks and cryptos, but I wanted to get into something I could physically hold in my hand and have set aside like gold. Is this a good option? What is better to hold? Is it the gold bars or gold coins? Um, obviously, if you get a gold bar, well, no, that's not true because gold bars be really small. I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, either one is good. I wouldn't do anything under an ounce, right? Because, you know, most gold coins are an ounce. Uh, gold bars, they can get all the way down to, you know, just a quarter of an ounce, a tenth. You know, it's, they can get really small gold bars, really, really tiny amounts. But then you can get a kilo bar, right? And obviously, the, the heavier, the better, you know? And, you know, most likely, you know, you'll have less tax issues with the bars. I'm saying if, when you're buying it, because you're not being able to get cold. Unless you can get gold cash, and not pay the tax, hey man, more power to you. Real estate's obviously a great investment and uh, certain specific vintage cars and certain cars, but that's, you know, long-term, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one, unless you're buying something that's kind of vintage already and already has a value. But then again, there's maintenance, other shit. So yes, gold bars, gold coins are definitely good. I still have a shit 
ton of gold and uh, I have like a lot of gold still, which is chilling and I don't kind of want to pass it down to my kids. But gold coins are really nice too. Definitely jump into some American Eagles, jump into some Canadian, jump into some motherfucking Krugerrands. It doesn't matter. Anything over an ounce, you are good to go. All right, homie. Anna Kenna writes, did you get the white tees? Uh, hey, Ben, this is Vincent from K-Town, Alaska. You read my review back in December in episode 139. I appreciate that so much. Love following you on this journey. Just following up, if you receive the three-pack of teas I sent to the address provided to the Dust Brothers. Thanks in advance. Vincent from Ketchikan, Alaska. Goddamn, they got that shit called K-Town? Okay. All right, Alaska. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm almost positive that that three-pack of teas... It's funny because I did not open that three-pack of teas for a very long time. Um, they sat in my storage, my personal storage, not my storage unit. And one day I was like, you know what, motherfucker, I'm just going to try this shit. And I forgot they were their call. I think they're called like premium something, whatever, but they came like in a nice thing. And I think you did say that they're going to be the best white teas I ever tried. I got to be real with you. They were, they were cool. They were very decent. I think I still have all three intact. I think they might be in the rotation, right? Because after a little while, I'll get rid of the teas, but I'll be real. They're not my favorite, but they're definitely not anywhere near the worst. Like if I were to put it up at the 10, I would give it like around probably a seven in the Hall of Fame of, uh, of t-shirts, right? Which is good. Still something I can rock. It's ain't, you know, no big deal. It's definitely more on a fashionable tip and people would think I'd be more on the fashion tip. When I have a white, white tee on, I don't want the pro club necessarily, but I want the happy medium between the thug pro club and like a James Purse, right? So that real medium in between. And this is more leaning towards a James Purse, but it definitely has the bigger fit, which is cool. But it's a good tee. Definitely a good tee. You know what I'm saying? It's not a Stafford, right? It's not a Hanes beefy tee tall, but it's a legit tee. And thank you, Vincent. I really do appreciate it, man. Much love. Uh, H.I. Steve slash ML writes, Bourdain to God. Aloha, Ben. Loyal listener from Oahu. You've mentioned once or twice about having an opportunity to film with Anthony Bourdain for his Parts Unknown K-Town episode that ended up featuring Roy Choi and David Cho. There's a new documentary about his life that premiered at Tribeca last week. Any specific memories you can share about your experience with Bourdain, the God? Any who or a who, who, see you soon, Stephen. I don't know what the fuck you wrote, bro, uh, right there. H-U-I-H-O-U. Maybe that might be some Hawaiian talk. I'm not really sure. No, bro, I actually don't have any specific memories because I had the terrible worst fucking flu of life. So I was like fucked up. So when it came down to filming with that right then and there, my boy Estevan's like, yo man, they're doing this shit, man. You need to jump in here with Roy Choi and Dave. And um, a couple spots they went to, you know what I'm saying, to keep it 100% OG about Koreatown. But I met Bourdain when he was staying, he had a little villa that you wouldn't, he didn't have it, sorry. He would stay at the Chateau Marmont and stay in the villas there. And Chateau Marmont is definitely one of my favorite places in all of LA. Bowl of spaghetti there is fucking amazing. And he cook, he's good. But uh, yeah, man, got to hang out, kick it with fucking Bourdain a little bit. There was a um, famous EDM DJ, which uh, I won't mention because I think he wanted to kind of not speak about the whole situation. Uh, and it sounds more dramatic than it really is. But yeah, we, we blazed a joint and we're just talking shit. And uh, he's definitely a lot more, Bourdain is like, like that motherfucker's a real rock star, dog. Like 
Uh, you know, when I talk to John Mayer, John Mayer, as famous and as fucking handsome and as cool as he is, he, he is a rock star and he, he could do it with the best. Like, John could kick you with any A-list star and fit right in and be good and he could do anything. But he's also just a very talkative type of dude. Bourdain is, but at the same time, like, and again, John's a brilliant dude, very smart as well. Bourdain is like the Fonzie of cool. He's like extra cool. Like, I don't, I don't, like he, his experiences, just the way he is, man, you just feel like you're on his time. Whenever you go see, well, I mean, and again, I've only hung out with the dude for fucking 45 minutes. You're on his time. But, you know, smoked a joint, chilled out, kicked it, uh, talked about Barack Obama. Not too many memories I have with the dude. But yeah, man, I wish I could have, you know, linked up with them in Koreatown. I was just supposed to be a part of the show. And then I, I couldn't because I was very, very sick. Um, but anyways, thank you. I miss Oahu. I definitely got to hit Hawaii soon, man. Kids want to go to Alani. And uh, I definitely just want to hit Hawaii, period. Now, the last question that I have for this episode is from Goobert. Uh, fan question, Goobert, I don't fucking know. Anyways, hey, Ben, I know you mentioned that you knew a doctor who specialized in men's hair loss and had performed successful procedures on people like Tyga. Just wanted to know if you had the info on the doctor and where he is located. Um, I don't have his name. I do have his phone number written down somewhere. I wish I looked at this question previously, but as you guys know, I read these live in real time, so I am more surprised. So it's more like an interview process. It's not that fucking cheat sheet type shit. But uh, if you do email behindtheballerpod at gmail.com, I can get you his info, get you his phone number. I've spoke to the dude before. He helped Tyga. He helped um, Tory Lanes. He helped Safari. And uh, I'm still thinking about it. I don't know. He is in Beverly Hills. That is for sure. He's in Beverly Hills. So he's in Los Angeles. I will um, get you his phone number. And uh, I might think about seeing dude. I'm not really sure. But yeah, he's in LA. So if you're in LA, or you know, most people fly out to go see him from all over the world. But yo, guys, that is it for fan questions. We're going to go to the outro of the show. Let's get into some Lakey Lake real quick. And we'll be right back, guys. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? We're back. We're back. Uh, for those of you following the NBA Finals or following sports in general, if you are not following DB Picks, the fuck are you doing? Especially right now. You guys want to make some money? Definitely got to follow my boy at DB Picks. My boys, the Dust Brothers, are the kings of handicapping. I am not joking. They are fucking like 68% winners right now. Uh, I haven't really seen many people... You know, we're not going to talk about Vegas Dave. And what's crazy is I had no issues with Vegas Dave, except for the fact that he was buying followers and buying fucking comments or anything. He blocked me. This is fucking hilarious, right? And he was like, oh, you're doing picks? Like, bro, I don't even fucking pay attention to your picks, right? But uh, dude is just crazy. He'll say one thing and completely be the opposite. It's fucking hilarious. Um, so follow at DB Picks, Twitter. Instagram. You could DM them on Instagram, sign up to their program. You could either get a subscription or you could just buy, you know, a tier one pick, a tier two pick. They are kicking fucking ass. Okay. They've had many days where they've gone two and oh, seven and oh, undefeated. It's just insane to go seven and oh, but they are kicking ass. 
Okay, so make sure you follow at DB Picks. If you are gambling and you want to get them picks, we're going to start doing some more shit with some big people. Uh, I'm in the process of negotiating uh, a deal with a couple people, so I don't want to mention their names, but they will go hand in hand with these picks. So with that said, on these NBA playoffs right now, as you know, the Atlanta Hawks are still four motherfucking real. I'm not a gigantic Trey Young fan, but he's out there last night. You know, these motherfuckers were down by 20-something, okay? They were down by over 20 points. You know, they thought that the fucking, you know, Philly thought it was a wrap. And uh, they came back, and they're not fucking around. So shit is getting crazy as a motherfucker. Uh, Philly, though, you know, Philly should just be easily winning this fucking thing right now. You would think. Right, So I do think Philly's going to come out and win the series. If they don't, I think it'll be fucking awesome. If the Hawks win the series, I want the Hawks to win the fucking East. Because now the East is sort of up for grabs, right? The Nets are in trouble right now. You got Kyrie hurt. You got James Harden hurt. So now KD has to fucking rise to the occasion. He is definitely a best player in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. I rock with KD. I know there's some things that people say that, you know, he does and everything. And there's some things that I don't necessarily agree with, right? And I, I am a friend of KD's. That doesn't fucking matter. I will say that LeBron did do some shit, um, what, three years ago, right? With the fucking Cleveland Cavaliers and came back, uh, you know, 3-1 deficit and did win. So, this is the time to show who the fuck you are, for real. And if KD does that and he could build be Milwaukee doing what he right now what they're doing, then it's fucking on and cracking. But they might be in some motherfucking trouble. So the East is up for grabs. I have no idea what the fuck is going on now for the West. Look, I thought Utah was a lock, and now Utah's two two with the Clippers. Okay. I don't think the Clippers are going to go to the Western Finals. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to go to the Finals, okay? I think either Utah or the Clippers are going to get fucking squashed like bugs by the fucking Phoenix Suns, okay? The Suns are going to wax that ass. They are definitely going to the Finals. There is no question about it. Again, I'm upset that we didn't win, and if we had a healthy AD and we had a healthy LeBron we would probably end up in the Western Finals. We would fuck around and get that back-to-back chip. I want to think about it. It's just fucking annoying. Some of you motherfuckers be like, oh, man, you're just being salty. But again, I, that's how I truly feel. So I, I got the Suns. And it would be, a, you know what? I'll be honest with you. To see Chris Paul get his fucking chip finally, it'd be fucking nice. He definitely, definitely deserves it. And it's definitely something, you know, I don't really fuck with Devin Booker. I don't know what it is, man. Something about just the way he plays or anything else got nothing to do with him dating Kendall Jenner. I love Kendall. She's probably my favorite person out of most of the sisters. And now I know I'm going to get a fucking message from Kim saying, oh, really? Kendall's your favorite? Like, no. But anyways, um, I just don't rock with Devin. I don't know what it is, man. But uh, I I do think the Suns are going to go to the finals. I really do hope they win. But a Suns-Nets finals is not going to be that exciting without Harden and fucking and Kyrie. So a Suns versus Hawks finals would be dope. But it would also, you know what? Philly, look, Philly or the fucking, um, the Bucks. Shout out to my boy PJ Tucker, who's been hitting me up to get a chain made. You know what? I'm game for any of that. So far, it's getting crazy. Again, don't forget to hit DB picks for the motherfucking betting picks. All right? They are the truth.
All right, make sure you hit them up and get those gam- uh, betting picks. So anyways, keeping on the basketball, I think I talked to you guys last week or two weeks ago about these guys on TikTok named the Broadcast Boys. It's two dudes from New York City. Um, amazing fucking content, fucking great. And they recommended a sports documentary for of a dude by the name of Lenny Cook. Okay, the crazy thing is I never even fucking heard of Lenny Cook. And I know a lot of you guys, even deep basketball fans, never heard of Lenny Cook. Now, if you're from NYC and you're from NYC and you know you're at least 30, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, at least 30. So, you know, if you're 35, then you should probably know who Lenny Cook is if you're from Brooklyn, especially. This documentary fucked me up. And what fucked me up even more is that the Safty brothers produced and directed this fucking documentary. Yes, Josh and Ben Safty of Uncut Gems and Good Times. And uh, they're redoing the famous Eddie Murphy movie, 48 Hours. Anyway, shout out to my boy Josh Safty. Uh, as you know, uh, Adam Sandler shadowed me for the part in Uncut Gems. But so yeah, this Lenny Cook documentary is about a dude from Brooklyn, New York. He was ranked in 2000, in the year 2000 or 2001, he was ranked above, I'm sorry, in 2001, he was ranked above uh, LeBron James, okay? He's a year older than LeBron. He was ranked higher than LeBron James, um, Carmelo Anthony, and uh, who else? Amari Stoudemire, and it was fucking nuts, especially for any of you guys who played ball or follow ball since ABCD camp or AAU or any of that type of shit. It's gone way crazier now. But if you followed back then, and remember, I played ball. So this is the type of shit that I did. You know, we didn't have uh, ABCD camp back then. We might have, right? But uh, there was definitely AAU. There was a McDonald's basketball game. You know, we had Slam and Jam, which was big in, in, in the Southern California area. But this dude, Lenny Cook, was a guy who was, you know, grew up in the hood. He had, didn't have a dad. He had his mom. And his mom kind of was like, fuck it, you know, do what you want. And um, at a certain point, you know, he was treated like a star. He was God. Everyone knew he was going to be rich. Everyone knew he was going to be successful. He was going to all the big camps. He was fucking amazing with The Rock. Dude was 6'6 and was just the truth, right? And he was taken care of by a guardian, this, this white lady from New Jersey. So, you know... He was just getting ready for the pros. And back then, remember in 2001, 2002, you were able to go directly to the pros. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, now you got to do one year, either overseas, go to college, whatever the fuck it may be. You just have to be 19 before you could enter the draft. And so this was when you could enter the draft directly out. And a lot of kids were, you know, Kevin Grant did it. Um, obviously LeBron did it and other people. So Lenny Cook, his story is so insanely ill. This is something that every single fucking person who fucks with sports has a kid that could possibly go to, you know, D1 or go into the pros. Any parent out there or anybody who wants to go pro. If I do have any young listeners out there that are 16 or 15, whatever, or play ball, definitely this Lenny Cook documentary is a must watch. Okay. I'm not going to get too deep into it, because it is a fucking depressing story and it is all about his dumbass choices. Okay. Life is not a joke. Like I said, this is not your practice life. I say that so often because people take the shit so lightly. 
in life. Look, you're supposed to have fun and everything, but you don't get it. Some people say, oh, you got to take it easy. You got to have fun. Yes, at a certain point in time, though, you need to kick your ass in gear and take shit serious and discipline yourself, okay? You know what I'm saying? When you want to wake up and you hit that snooze button too many times, you're not ready for greatness. You got to be serious about your fucking, your, your craft, whether it be fucking cooking, whether it be a doctor, you know, playing ball, whatever the fuck it is that you do, take it serious for one time in your fucking life so you can fucking be a part of greatness. Now, if you want to be like everyone else, cool, you know? You want to fucking cash your EDD checks and get your little stimulus thing here and there and whatever it may be, cool. That just ain't me. That life wasn't for me. Watch this Lenny Cook documentary. It will fucking change you. I promise it is that deep. And speaking of which, it just seems like everyone wants to live beyond their means. And, and I say that with like, look, you can make 150 grand. And I was that person, you know? I was making $105,000 a year salary at Aftermath Entertainment, and I was spending $125,000, $150,000 a year. So I was living beyond my means because I wanted to impress everyone, you know? And now I'm the total opposite. I can go out and buy, I can burn down fucking Louis Vuitton. I can burn down Gucci. I could go get anything. I can go get Versace fucking underwear. It doesn't, it just, it, I don't give a fuck. You know, I actually like my stance boxers. You know what I'm saying? I actually like my stance, but I'm going to lie to you. Like, who am I trying to impress? My wife. Come on, get serious. Now, if I was a young dude in the streets, you know, I get it to a certain extent, right? But I'd still rock a white tee. I'd still be fresh. But again, I know it's different because I have everything now. But there's people in my position who now go into a different level. Like, oh, I want to get a jet. No, 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 no. Don't buy a jet. Don't buy a boat. Don't buy a jet. Two things that people regret. Right? They say the happiest day of a person buying a jet or a boat is the day that they sell it. Oh, I'm sorry, the day they buy it and the day that they sell it. Okay. Those are the two happiest days, the people who own them. Now, if you want to, you know, do a timeshare on a jet, no problem, right? My boy John Weiss, he will take care of you. We can get into that and he can fucking charter you a jet, no problem. But I see motherfuckers that want to go and live beyond their means. And trust me, I get there sometimes. People are like, you own seven cars. Yeah, guess what? Those seven cars have nothing to do with anything with my financial situation. They're there and that's it. That's done. Like, like it's not going to take away from what I got going on. Like that's how many times over the money I make to where that's not even a factor. But I see people want to live beyond their means. They want to buy a $4 million house when they can't even really afford a million dollar house. Or they could technically, but, you know, they just got, they ain't got their shit together. So I just don't get it. You know, and these people, they post their car every single day. That's their business. They want to post something every day. Some people want to post in front of the cars. They want to do certain things. I could post every single fucking day. I could post on Instagram and everything and show off. I just... I don't know, man. I just don't see the point anymore in my life. And again, I'm old. So don't take what I'm saying, you know, to reflect on what, you know, everyone should do. But I got to say, do not live beyond your means. Okay. And also that goes with happiness too. Gary Vee said some shit the other day. He's talking about people who make 150 grand a year. He said, I wish some of those people made $90,000 a year so they could be happier. So they live in a smaller house, don't have to work so hard and be bummed out all the time, you know, and be like, fuck, they don't have time for their families, don't have time to do the things that they can do, like something like an RV trip. Now, they might not take an RV trip, but at least little small trips, you know? Sometimes think about that. 
Your mental health and your happiness is much, much more important than going on Instagram and showing a picture of a leased Lamborghini. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with leasing the car. There is when you're leasing it to take advantage of the payment option because you can't afford to buy it, okay? That's a different story. I can afford to buy many exotic cars, choose to lease them for the write-off purpose, but at the same time, because I get in and out of cars, right? There's only certain cars that I buy that I'll keep, like my Senna, right? So understand that don't live beyond your means. It is very simple, but it's hard for people to take that into like, like really put it deeply embedded in their head. There's so many other things you could do. And when you stack your paper, you'd be surprised how fast. Now, it's not instant, but when you stack, you realize later that you may not have wanted that item that you're trying to buy, right? Those Gucci sweats, that sweatsuit you're trying to get, nah, you don't need that. Those $2,000 J's, you don't need that. Look at rocks and white on white Air Force Ones. You know, it's all I want to stick. Listen, you don't have to stick out all the time and stand out. There's other ways to do it. Speaking of which, I think I'm going to break out my fucking Air Jordan Manila 4s, which uh, I'm going to go to this uh, rude fashion show. Is it this week or next week? I forgot. Definitely coming up. Anyways, that's again, those were a gift. I didn't pay $40,000 for those shoes, right? So I can't really speak on it, but I'm just telling y'all that I have people that I deal with on a regular basis that are trying to do too much. And sometimes it could work because you're like, all right, boom, I got, I'm in the NBA, you know, or something like that. That's totally different. Now, again, that could also be tricky because you can get injured if you have a contract that's guaranteed, you never know. And that happens with those guys too, right? They sign for a two-year contract, something happens, not guaranteed. Then now what do they do? They have nothing to fall back on. Always have something to fall back on. Always have a fucking plan B. Even have a plan C if you can. That's all I'm saying. And I'm saying that because I love you guys. I do not want to see you guys fail. I don't like to see people struggle. Okay. Speaking of struggling, (laughs) not on a financial level, it is going to be a hundred degrees in Los Angeles today. Well, it's probably going to be a hundred degrees in the valley. And where I'm at in Hollywood, it's going to be about probably 90, 98, 99. It's going to be hot. There is an excessive heat warning in Southern California right now, even in the areas that don't get hot. It's going to be 80-something in Malibu. For that to be that hot in Malibu by the beach is, I mean, it's nice to be at the beach, but the water is like, I don't know, man. It's going to be motherfucking hot, okay? So stay indoors, turn that AC on, and just chill the fuck out and watch that Lenny Cook documentary. You know what I mean? Um, One of my favorite places to go to in the entire country. Might be actually my top 20 fair place to go to in the world. Rotunda is back open. Yes, in Neiman Marcus in San Francisco. The top floor, Rotunda is back open. I'm fucking so excited. It is hilarious because I have to handle some business out there next week. And to ease my wife's job as a mom, I'm going to take Ryder with me. Ryder is going to come with me to San Francisco next week. I'll be in San Francisco three or four times in the next month. But I'm taking Ryder with me. And guess what? We are going to fly commercial, which I know sounds, you know, fucking silly, but it's like, look, for a fucking hour flight, I don't give a fuck. Yes, the last flight that I took out there when I went to, um, when I did my appearance at Cookie Tay, where I did fly private, but that's, you know, like, that's something I don't really do often, just so you guys know. I flew private to the Bay. I don't like flying into Oakland. I don't like flying to Oakland and then having to go across the fucking bridge to go to my place in San Francisco. It's just not my thing. 
Okay, so me and Ryder are going to San Francisco next week. You bet your motherfucking ass that we are going to Rotunda. I cannot wait. I am so fucking excited to go back to Rotunda. And for those of you who don't know, it's just a restaurant inside the market that I've been going to for fucking ever. But it's got fantastic food. Cannot wait to get that chicken consomme. In fact, I'm going to maybe fucking break my diet, depending on what. I got to check out the menu, but I'll definitely be in the Bay next week. Anyways, guys, I want you to have a great week. I am sorry again about this late start. I know it is fucking Tuesday now and that we got a new episode coming out this Thursday. But yo, listen, guys, never forget This is not your practice life. Never forget, make it a great day, all right? Attack the motherfucking day. Attack the week, all right? The weekend is the reward. For those of you who are working on the weekend, listen, whatever day you get off, that's your reward. Make sure you guys enjoy it. I love you guys. Make sure you are subscribing to this show. If you are not, real quick, just click the subscribe button. Whether you are listening on Spotify, listen on Apple, listen on Stitcher, listening on fucking uh, Luminary, all right? Wherever you listen to the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and I appreciate you guys. I will think of the next giveaway. By the way, don't forget, this Saturday, San Diego, Cookies, Mission Valley. I will see you guys there. I will be giving away things. I got some Tatis cards that I signed. All that shit. All right, guys. We are out of here. Yo, Lakey Lake, what's what's popping, my bro? What's good, Jordan? You all right? All right. By the way, uh, Lakey Lake's real name is Jordan as well. So not Jordan Winter, but Jordan Lakey Lake, Lakey inspired. All right, Lakey, take us out of here, homie. Peace. Peace.